Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, 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 and salutations. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is another edition of Revolutionary Thank you. 
And it is my ever-living reality. All is a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my teaching, my walk, my work along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence, O Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe, Asheo, Ashe. Say it with me, breathe, 
and breathe again. I will be forward with you momentarily, but just follow along with me, please. Breathe and breathe again. I am God because a black woman is God. I am God because a black woman is God. I am God because Indeed, the black woman is God, giving birth to all humanity, giving birth to divinity. Just as we credit her with giving birth to humanity, we are all born human. We are all born God. We are not all born adults. We are not all born truly operating in our divine self, but we are all born God. We are all born human. And as we walk this journey of inner standing, of spiritual growth and personal development, understanding that spiritual knowledge and power lies in its efficacy, not just in our ability to say it, to recite it, to spit it, to memorize it, to recopy it and paste it, but in its efficacy and its ability to produce and manifest powerful, reliable, tangible, lasting manifestation and results right here and right now in this most present moment in time space. All else, beloved, is vanity. All else is ego. All else is an illusion. I am indeed always honored and grateful to be forward with you here on on multiple platforms, on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, EarthCam, my web page, many social media pages, Tumblr, Blogger, wherever I can be located. I'm always truly humbled and honored in the presence of God and the ancestors, in the presence of the goddess and the ancestors for the opportunity to connect with you in this uh, virtual time space. Uh, as real as it is here in this moment, <laughs> in my chest and in my breath and in my words, that indeed we are allowed by way of technology and intelligence and our ability to use technology to connect and create this shared sacred space at high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time. Indeed, it's a different time, space, wherever you are listening or viewing me right now, and indeed I'm grateful for a persistent and and consistent international presence in terms of audience, and I always invite you to call in and participate at area code 845-277-9143. Be patient with me. I'm looking at no less than four screens at a time. Um, and I have to navigate back and forth sometimes, and I get on a little tangent. And so give me a moment to check my checkboard and my, my switchboard and see that you have pressed the number one. That's the way you virtually raise your hand in Block Talk Radio. And, of course, I will unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. We do have chat available in Block Talk Radio, so you can also communicate your questions, comments, and requests um, by way of, Greetings, Nina Lloyd. Greetings and salutations to you and yours and your love and support and your consistency, a beloved God child. Greetings, S. Marie. 
Greetings to you and your family in the new year. Come on in. Paul, Wayne, uh, Guten, Gideon, Marshall, uh, my beloved cousin, uh, greetings. So sorry for your connection, beloved. <laughs> I was about to say something about Texas, but I believe that, beloved. But but come on in when you get it, when you get it together and your connection clears up. Come on in. You can always check us out in archives. I'm so eternally grateful for my community, my friends, my family, my godchildren, my haters, <laughs> my supporters. I'm truly grateful for another year. I think this is my 13th year in Blog Talk Radio. Um, I haven't counted the years quite yet in YouTube. I, I would have to um, designate the YouTube pre-live YouTube years and then the live podcast years, which I think have been since uh, 2019. I think God's initiative told me it was 2019. Um, so I'm grateful because uh, I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't be here if it were not for you. I wouldn't be here without the mandate of the Most High, the Goddess, and indeed the ancestors, and the call for us to continue to speak for ourselves, to represent for ourselves, to build and prepare and grow forward, indeed, for ourselves. We have made great strides, and for those of you, I know Tasha was here I'm not sure who else was paying attention to what I had going on on YouTube. It was out of the usual, because usually it's a documentary. It's, uh, well, this was indeed edifying if you, you know, if your third eye was open. But usually it's a documentary or, or something like that. Uh, I think you all were caught off guard for uh, Maud. But my younger listeners, Maud probably came out in the 60s, maybe the 50s, the late 50s. But indeed, it was around in the 60s, um, going into the 70s. Yeah, the 60s, going into the 70s, and was the precursor to good times. Uh, Florida Evans, uh, James, who first showed up as Henry, uh, Henry Evans, showed up first on Mars, uh, just like uh, the Jeffersons first showed up on All in the Family. And so these shows represent a symbolic crossroads, if you will, in culture and politics, uh, in pop culture, in social culture, and in justice in America, and indeed in black America, uh, the crossroads of women's liberation and civil rights and black power and uh, to some degree the gay rights movement and, and the gender uh, equality movement and, 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 and many of these movements that have evolved and become uh, bigger, broader, Things, no matter what you feel or believe in, in positioning about the movement, um, they had their seeds here, and and certainly in terms of pop cultural documentation and representation um, in, in those particular platforms, uh, that All in the Family and that Mod platform, which begin to introduce black sitcoms uh, to American pop culture. Um, in a way that we hadn't really seen before. Uh, something that I probably haven't covered enough is, um, oh, wow. It'll come to me. There was another black show um, 
that led to what's happening. Uh, Mabel King. Um, oh wow! If somebody in my in my erudite audience knows the show that I'm trying to call, but it was another one of the first and original so-called quote-unquote black uh, for colored folks sitcoms that begin to air in, in the 60s. And I think, you know, some of us are TV buffs, movie buffs, pop cultural buffs, and are able to dissect TV shows and, and see beyond the drama and the written script, but understand the, the politics and the social dynamics uh, that are being uh, portrayed and displayed often through forms of music, forms of, of TV, forms of art, forms of, of literature, and et cetera. So in the continued conversation of um, speaking for Ados, the African descendants of, of slavery, the African descendants of the Middle Passage, and the voices of Black Americans, spirituality, religion, and particularly now in 2020, I also, in my study, in my research, look at these great, powerful voices, and we often uh, sometimes neglect these media forms as voices, but indeed they spread a message, they preach a particular platform or diversity of platforms that often we are tuned into um, subconsciously, if not directly. Uh, There are those who say, well, I don't have a TV, or I don't listen to radio, or I don't read a newspaper, but you are still influenced by pop culture. Every every time you decide what you're going to wear, every time you decide your choice of entertainment uh, for for the day or for the moment, uh, every time you open a discussion, you know, with your coworkers or your peer group or or your religious community, you know, about something beyond um, the topic, you know, at hand. Anytime we say, hey, how you doing, you know, and then break off into our personalized dialect and, 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 and dialogue, we are feeding and participating and helping to create and recreate pop culture. Uh, and then the artisans, as diverse and, and numerous as they are and varied as they are, then portray that in the TV productions that we see. Uh, rightly or wrongly, correctly or incorrectly. They open up conversation uh, to topics of race, uh, sexual identity, gender identity, uh, class identity, uh, religion. Uh, we've had an a evolution, I'll say, in relationship with Florida Evans. Many of us uh, love Florida Evans in the 70s. I mean, you know, when, when all you have is the few black faces that you have, um, you embrace them. You honor them. You, you acknowledge them. Uh, I was discussing Soul Train again with someone yesterday and how much of a religion Soul Train was for people born in the 50s and the 60s uh, and, in, and in the 70s. And, you know, Mama said, y'all better have this house clean if y'all want to watch this Soul Train. You know, y'all better do y'all's chores if y'all, if y'all want, you know, to do the Soul Train line today. You know, and it was a religion, a cultural religion. Uh, for many of us. So no matter how you feel about TV or, or radio or, or music or what it's said or not said, uh, it is indeed a part of the, the religion of culture, and it plays a role, and we feed it. 
it's not just something that is fed to us. It is also something that we feed it, uh, particularly those uh, familiar with technology beyond uh, the early 80s. I'm hearing another sound that I should not be hearing. <laughs> I want to make sure it's not a poltergeist or something going on up here. Um, yeah, particularly those born, you know, beyond a certain time period in history, and certainly millennials who who only known technology. Uh, understand, it's a generation who doesn't know what it's like to not have a microwave or to not have cable or to not have a satellite, for that matter, or to not have internet uh, or, or computer. Uh, so now we have this, what I like to coin as this evening of the playing field, um, where we all have a media outlet in our devices. We all have a voice in our devices, and we choose how to utilize those voices every time we hit a keystroke, every time we power up, every time we upload, every time we post. Even those of you who never have a face or have an anonymous name, you are indeed still representing who you are through your choice of, of means, through your choice of avatar, through, through your choice of communication. And so it broadens who now has a voice and a, an ability to speak to our community, particularly Ado and the children and the descendants of the Middle Passage. We, we indeed have a greater influence on what is said, how it is said, and how it influences dialogue uh, moving forward, not just reparations, but indeed to include reparations, to indeed include civil rights, human rights, and a great deal of newer platforms um, that I think have always been a part of the, the, uh, the conversation. I, I think it's a, a bit of a deception that uh, sex identity, gender identity, uh, green uh, space and infrastructure are somehow, quote, unquote, new age or new uh, competitors to the conversation. They've always been a part of the conversation. I think what is new is, is indeed the language, the branding, the language skills that many of us now have and utilize in terms of how we post, how we communicate, <clears throat> how we broaden the discussion um, by, okay, Danette, you, you try to remember. Okay, you try to remember. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Okay, fame. Yeah, fame was, was another powerful influence uh, for me. Uh, it had everything to do with, you know, where I wanted to go to high school, <laughs> you, you know, through junior high and, and coming up. But that, that's another story that I've I've told in past shows, I'm not going to retell it today, but maybe I'll retell it again in the future. Greetings, Jules Birch. Come on in. Greetings, Craig Burns. Welcome, welcome to all my regulars and, of course, my new uh, listeners and participants. I'm certainly grateful uh, for you and yours. Certainly honored by your choosing to be forward with us in the middle of your day at whatever time it is in your neck of the woods and your portion of the world. Uh, I'm always grateful to have you here with us as we continue um, our journey into the to, to, into revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans, hoodoo secrets and recipes. 
uh, and certainly our present discussion of speaking for ADOS, speaking for ADOS and the voices of Black America in spirituality and religion. Uh, we had a very vibrant discussion um, on part one of the last episode of the show. Got a lot of great feedback, uh, a lot of great commentary about the show. And certainly I appreciate and invoke your participation, um, both here with us uh, by way of your webcam on screen here with us. And that link is now scrolling at the bottom of your visible video. And, of course, if you are listening by way of Blog Talk Radio, um, I will then just have to pop it into the chat there for you. And Blog Talk Radio, and I invite your participation always. Certainly grateful for it. Again, we are blessed with a broader spectrum of media than what I grew up with. The best I had going, you know, into junior high school, even senior high school, was, you know, a radio, you know, FM, AM, you know, and and what was being aired there. Uh, And it was a blessing to get something beyond, you know, the top pop songs, the top, you know, widely accepted R&B. It was something of a pleasure to get alternative radio, um, Tony Brown Journal on both audio and visual, um, WHUR and, and The Quiet Storm, you know, where it originated. I can't think of the sister's name right now who originated and, and went on to become uh, associated with BET, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, at, at one time. But, you know, my teen years were very limited in our ability to share our voice and communicate our voice, and then what voices and then the messages subsequently that we heard and that were offered to us and for us, that changed dramatically uh, in the late 80s going into the 90s as technology uh, improved and certainly as Internet and and cable access and satellite access continued to uh, develop and improve. So we now have an obligation. We now have a mandate. We now have a call to contribute to the conversation. You know, it's beyond the argument of who's voting and who's not voting. Uh, Which is still a relevant argument. Uh, And indeed, I have friends and family, close friends and family, that that is an argument. Uh, who have chosen not to vote for whatever reason, for a diversity of, of reasons. Um, and, and I'm a, still a strong supporter of, of voting. Uh, and voting is public record. You know, who, who votes and who doesn't vote is, is, is accessible by, by public record. And it is indeed hard, in my opinion, to be a public face, a public figure, an Internet influencer, uh, and then be found to not be a political influencer actively from your community, from where you're positioned uh, in the world. And I know that voting and political activism takes on a different face uh, for my listeners in uh, Ghana or Liberia or Russia, you know, or uh, many of the other 
remote and not so remote localities around the world who at least at the minimum enjoy internet access and accessibility to this platform. But I think with this gift um, comes a responsibility. It is indeed a two-edged sword, the internet, social media cuts both ways. It can be a blessing and a curse depending on the hands that wield the sword. The sword is also a symbolic representation in magic and in witchcraft and in spirituality and religion and in the Bible for knowledge and justice and truth in action, in action. So we all have an obligation. If you have Internet, if you have social media, you also have an obligation to influence. And some of you will say, oh, I'm just popping up, you know, my morning coffee. Oh, I'm just popping up, you know, the sunrise. But that's influence. That's influence. You know, you're still influencing a person's mood, a person's uh, feelings in the moment, a person's activity in that moment. And indeed, some of us are a little bit more aggressive in how we use and utilize our platform. And we talk about politics and we talk about pop culture directly. It's influence. So even those of you with no face and no name and nondescript, you know, but you show up, you hold a spot in the metaverse. You're already in the metaverse. And so you, you, your vote is, is being cast with every keystroke. Your vote is being cast with every move of the mouse. Remember now, the one in the binary coded system that governs our computer still comes down to, you know, a dash and a dot or, or a one and a two. Every move of a mouse, every click, every touch on your keypad is somehow a vote for, against, to the left or the right, for something, with something. Whether you can see it readily or not, whether you understand what you see readily or not. There's some hackers and computer experts back there and some mathematicians back there who understand that it's more going on on this page bunch of numbers and digits and, and gadgets going on behind the surface. There are marketeers and commercials and, and sponsorships that's going on, indeed. We are voting for or against products and concepts right now by being or not being, by pressing one or, not, or, or two, by scrolling up or scrolling down, by interacting or, or not interacting by allowing your computer to go idle or not going idle. Every bit of it is being watched by Big Brother. Every bit of it is being watched uh, by the super math God that governs all the math, you know, in all the in the metaverse, you know, everything is, is being mocked. And so the illusion of anonymity, the illusion of being anonymous, the illusion, we, we know it's an illusion. They catch a pedophile every day. They catch criminal activity online every day. So we know it's an illusion. We know it's an illusion. You know, the, the, the ideal of privacy is an illusion. You can be in your house with a, with a closed door and, okay, there's, there's an ideal of privacy there. 
For sure, there's an there's a, uh, expectation of privacy there. In the dressing room at, at your store, there's an expectation of privacy there. But we also know there's security measures there. We also know you have kids running about with curious ears and peeping eyes and roaming hands. And so, you know, it's an illusion based on the space that you occupy in your real-world reality or indeed in your metaverse reality. So we, in everything that we do, in every demonstration, in every aspect of our demonstration, we make a vote. We take a stand. We suggest a position. So, so even in the, the unmoved position, even in the quieted mouth, even in the silenced vote, you're making a, a, a vote. You're taking a stand. For those of you who choose not to pull the lever, you've taken a stand and you agree to whomever the majority who pulled the lever has agreed to. And it still subsequently affects your taxes and, and your gas prices and what your produce costs and, and your fabric might cost and how much your your economy looks like, your budgeting. So indeed, you know, in my opinion, that's my own personal opinion, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be silent, doesn't make a lot of sense to not vote, doesn't make a lot of sense to not participate, doesn't make a lot of sense to not get involved. Indeed, if you believe there's a problem. Indeed, if you believe there's room for improvement. Indeed, if you believe there's room for change. Now, part of the uh, uh, competition to that message is often the ideals in some religions that have basically uh, taught many of you that there are no outs, that there are no options, that there are no uh, avenues for change, that that things are already somehow marked and written. Certain things are just going to happen, and, and there's nothing we can do or say or, or act in it. And you go silent. You go mute. You become inactive. You don't participate. And in some cases, you, be, you, know, you become consummate complainers. Fred Sanford was a consummate complainer. Archie Bunker was a consummate complainer. They did very little to go out and make, you know, change or to even um, seek the uh, peer group that might somehow agree or or, uh, support their positioning. Now, we know Archie Bunker was a little different, and he was in a union, so we know a union had had an active role in what did or did not happen. Uh, in his workplace and certainly within the dynamics of that, commu- that community. And uh, subsequently, George Jefferson came along, black, independent, business owner, entrepreneur, self-made man, brought himself up from the bricks uh, to, to a better position. Uh, but we also used him as a symbolic representation of someone who doesn't do that shadow work, who doesn't address that chakra work, who, who doesn't address, you know, the inner stuff that Wheezy was always actively trying to address within herself and her husband and, and in her community as a grassroots organizer uh, within the dynamics of her community. 
So we we have give, been given uh, fairy tales, and 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 there's nothing wrong with the fairy tale and its appropriate environment, its appropriate usage. We've been given examples. We've been given literary books of both fact and fiction, of examples of of warrior men and women, of revolutionary men and women, of not just spirituality and religion, but most certainly spirituality and religion, but but not just spirituality and religion, but every arena of our community and, and the needs that meet us at the community level have left an example for us to follow and a blueprint for us to remap, revisit, and, 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 and redesign. And so we have an obligation as those who claim knowledge, those who claim consciousness, those who claim to be woke, those who claim to be uh, intelligent, those who claim to be well-read and, and, and um, erudite, those who claim to be on a spiritual journey, those who claim to be healing. Uh, you can't do inner healing work without doing outer healing work. You can't do outer healing work without doing inner healing work. These uh, pathways, these avenues all intersect uh, with the same crossroads of activity and action. Uh, today is a black day for those who understand uh, the color coding. And so we call them the warriors and, and spirits of foundation and of uh, building and of structure, um, of, of antidote, of, of answers and activism. We call them the ancestors who were active in not lying down and not accepting things as they were and, and looking for improvements in the recipe, improvements in, in the governing, improvements in the lifestyle improvements in, in the tools uh, that we utilize, improvements in, in life and living. And so it is those shoulders of ancestors that we invoke, that we feed, that, that we placate, that we seek to intervene and provide interven- intervention and in all of our human endeavors. It, it is why the foundation in this house is ancestral-based. It is why the initiation in this path and this lineage is ancestral-based. It is why there is no tradition in ATR that does not have a foundation in Egum, in ancestors, in Galade, um, in, in um, the, the Gede family, in the ancestors, and in ancestral worship and veneration and acknowledgement, because indeed you cannot be ex- uh, separated or excised from your ancestors. They exist within the very coding of your Jacob's ladder. They exist within the very coding of your DNA. They exist within the very uh, encoding within your blood, the ancestral memory. This is not, you know, just metaphysics. This is not just quantum metaphysics. This is not just hoodoo and voodoo and conjure. This is not just some spiritual notion. This is a scientific notion that science now supports the survival of ancestral memory in the DNA. So whether you acknowledge them or not, they're present. They may stand silent. They may stand unable to assist you, 
because you don't acknowledge them. But does God still exist you if you don't acknowledge him? Does Jesus still assist you if you don't acknowledge him? Does, does Allah and Muhammad and Buddha and, 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 and many others still assist you if you don't acknowledge them? I believe the ancestors are your first line of defense. So even before God, your ancestors stand up as your first line of defense. They are indeed human, not angels, not, you know, jinn, not demons, not ghosts. They indeed have a human footprint in the world, on the planet, and indeed a DNA memory that exists encoded in our blood. So our ancestors are the first line of defense. And when we hard-headed, they will box your ears. They will pinch your arm like grandmama used to do in church. They will get your attention. They will see you crossing out into the middle of the road. And they will see the 18 wheeler coming. And they will push your butt to the curb. And no, we don't like the feeling of the curb, and we uh, interpret that feeling of the curb as um, the illusion of an issue, a block, a complication. But it's often, first and foremost, our ancestors trying to get our attention, trying to wake us up to some human reality, some human intervention. Our greetings. Kenya Johnson, greetings, beloved. They're often seeking to wake us up and get our attention and tell us to go left or to go right or to hold still. Enzo Khalifa, greetings to you as well, beloved. Aborwu aboye. Come on in, come on in. Yes. Even before we start calling on God, even before we start calling on the Orisha, even before we start placating the Loa, <laughs> can't do nothing without the ancestors. Nothing. Physically, literally, spiritually, figuratively. Without your body, there's no blood. Without the blood, there's no body. And somebody said, I heard some Christian somewhere on TikTok say, oh, yeah, but, you know, your ancestors can also give you cancer and diabetes and, and high blood pressure. Yeah, our ancestors, just like us in our human condition, made mistakes, valuable mistakes. And it takes a God and a goddess to learn from somebody else's mistakes. Did you hear that? Turn that into a meme. Make that into a gift. It takes a God. It takes a God, it takes a God, it takes a goddess to learn from somebody else's mistakes. We don't always have to be the first line of defense and, and learn from a mistake. We don't always have to test it and try it for ourselves. We don't always have to be the first to touch the stove and, and find out it's hot. You don't have to smoke crack to figure out crack kills. You don't have to, you know become a heroin addict to figure out heroin, you know, is a deadly uh, form of witchcraft. It's a deadly uh, potion. We can see that. It's been well documented. It's been well counted. 
the numbers and the statistics and the reality are, are there. You know, it's a fool that believes they have to test everything first and foremost for themselves each and every time. A fool. Only a fool. It's a fool that says, oh, I can think for myself and I can figure it out on my own and then close off their ears to elders and to children and to other experienced individuals who live through an experience. Only a fool, only a fool has to live it every single time for themselves to know that it's real, to, to, to be clear about it. So we have an opportunity to use and elevate our voices in a way unlike any other known time in our memory, because we certainly can't speak for civilizations, uh, advanced civilizations that existed uh, pre-Kemet, pre-Lemuria, and pre-Atlantis, and pre-Mabral. We, we certainly can't speak for uh, civilizations, advanced civilizations that uh, precede our memory, our present archaeological and human memory. But certainly, we have an opportunity, unlike any other top opportunity in, in human history, known, remembrance of human history, to speak and be heard and be counted and offer community and offer support and offer peership and mentorship and eldership with a larger community than ever before. Not just your family, your friends, your coworkers, your peer, your immediate peer group, but now a global community of mothers and fathers and siblings and neighbors, unlike any other time in history. And some of you, some of us, some of you, communicate more with the global audience, with the world audience, than you do with your blood relatives, than you do with your neighbors, than you do with your friends. And so use your time and your technology and your monthly bill payments wisely. You're paying for electricity in many cases and Internet. Use it wisely. Use it wisely. You know, use it to benefit yourself, but also use it to benefit a whole. And often when we're doing things that benefit ourselves, we are doing things that benefit our family, that benefit our community that ultimately benefit the global community and then our, our universal community. So use your, your, um, use your technology wisely and know that, know that, if, 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 do I really have to say it again? Know that this technology is forever. It's forever. It will continue to grow. It will continue to evolve. Social media sites will continue to go defunct, and new ones will crop up and, and will encapsulate, you know, all the data, you know, that, that has ever been, you know. And, and so, you know, your posts and your videos and, and, your, and your pictures and, and, your, and your dating site activities and all of it is forever. 
And so be consistent in your demonstration. Be consistent in your footprint. Be, be consistent in how you live. Uh, I think it's an illusion, this divided reality that we attempt to operate in. Some of you have a separate social media page for your family from the rest of the world. Some of you got a back page and some of you got a front page and and 12 different identities and, you know, you, you got one IP address. <laughs> one IP address per device and, and somewhere those IP address linked together. So you really got one identity in, in the metaverse. Even if you have a hundred avatars, you got one identity in the in the metaverse, and you got one identity in, in in the real world, in the real time world. And so let's speak for those who cannot speak. Let's stand up for those who cannot stand up, and certainly let's speak and stand up and represent for those ancestors who've already laid that foundation, who've already done that work, who've already given us a call, you know, whether that be in ministry, whether that be in politics, whether that be in health and wellness, education, finance, you know, fitness, you know, arts and science, you know, wherever that call be, you have a call. If you are alive, if you're breathing, you have a call. You have an obligation to that call. And sometimes the blocks that we experience in love and relationships are because we will not acknowledge and honor that call. Sometimes the blocks we experience in, in health and wellness are because we are not acknowledging that call. Sometimes the blocks we experience in career and education and finance are, are because we are not acknowledging that call. And so we all have a higher call than the one that you know, many of you will universally agree has been forced on us, laid on us, put on us by the tax man, by the oppressor man, by the government man. You know, we working to pay taxes, working to pay bills, working to satisfy the government in many cases, right? Many of you would say, oh, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, amen, black power. Right, right. I'm just suggesting that it might also be because you're not fulfilling those diverse roles and positions that would allow others, ourselves and others, to step outside of the system and, and begin to operate within the system that we create. And the metaverse has already figured that out and is already selling those spaces and quickly filling those spaces before you figure it out that we, we already operate in this space. We are already living in that space, inside our house, outside our house, inside this room, outside. The, we're already living in that space. And now that space is being partial in the metaverse. Hello? <laughs> your, your street, your sidewalk, your backyard is going to be partial in the metaverse. Okay, and Pokemon and whoever, is, who's already running through your backyard for free, We'll be able to do so now for a fee, and will you will you be party to the fee? People are already getting a fee off your Facebook, off your Twitter, off your Instagram. Whether you are or not, somebody else is. Now, some internet influencers, some posters understand how that works. 
Right, Tasha? Touch? And so we're getting our coins, too, from the social media platforms. But are you? Are you just a troll? Are you just a hater? And is that your job? Because they have a job, too. Their job is to knock you off your square. Their job is to be an interrupter and a disruptor. Their job is to, you know, keep you confused, keep you ignorant. Their job is to keep you mad and, and, and worked up when you should really be focusing on the business at hand. <laughs> you know, they have a job, too, just like the devil has a job, too. Just like Jan and demons have a job, too. But in the, in the metaverse, which we are now in, so y'all are looking at that as if, as if that's the Jetson era. This is the Jetson era. This is the metaverse. We're already in it. Now, your level of in it depends on your awareness, depends on your knowledge. But, but we're already in it. Coca-Cola, AT&T, Cox, Cable, they in this space within the limits that they allow to be and within the limits that I have allowed them to be. So I got caught. So AT&T ain't in this space by my choice. Whoever you choose as your internet provider, that's who's sharing your space with you right now, right? Okay. So in the internet, you now got little bugs that already searched keywords, hashtags, what we search, what we talk about, you know, all of that is being documented in the in the metaverse. Being documented in the metaverse, right? And so now all of that is sharing the meta space with us too. So we're already in it. It's not what's about to come. It's what's already here. And your awareness of it, your education of it, your involvement in it might determine how real that might appear to you right now. Right now in this moment I can see I can see my audience virtually speaking. I, I, I know what countries they're hailing from. I see what avatars, what masks you, you're choosing to represent in the live chat, what names we're choosing to use. Some of us are using our real names. Some of us are using avatar names. I can see what's going on in every room of my house. I can see what's going on outside. I can see from one corner to the other. (laughs) Right now, real time, right now in this moment, I can see what my family is chatting about in the private chat. I can see my cousin, you know, and her ongoing conversation because she don't care what I'm doing and if I'm on the radio or not, Merlene don't care. She she talking and she's talking. All in real time. We are in the Jetson era, beloved. We are in the meta birth, beloved. The concrete has already been poured. You know, they go through and they cut down the trees and they, you know, put all those holes in the ground so they can put the internet structure and the gas lines and the water lines in, you know, the, the, the utility structures in, and then they put the, the slabs that are going to go underneath the houses, unless they don't have basements. They put the slabs that are going on underneath the house, and then they build the house or so the community on top of that. The Metaverse Foundation is already built, has been for some time. 
we're just now getting wind of it because now, you know, with the popularity of selling property in the metaverse, some of y'all have found that shocking in your TikTok stream and in your internet stream. And now more people know about it than knew about it five years ago. So we're already in the cosmos. We're already in outer space. We're already in the universe. We're already uh, communicating, have inter and intra-communication with extraterrestrial beings. We, we already, you know, are living and existing, you know, in a reality that some of you fear, some of you loathe, some of you are excited about happening, some of you are looking forward to, and some of you are just confused about what the heck is all of this about and what's really going on. And, and, I, and I share your sentiments. I'm there with you. It's quite daunting, and it is for every new generation. It was for the generation who had never heard of a radio, a crystal radio. First radios were crystal radios, by the way, quartz crystal radio. Um, it was for everybody who first seen and heard of a microwave. Uh, and it is even more so for me today because I ain't had a microwave in, I don't know, 10 years. I'm terrified of microwave. But that's me, okay? But that's me. So, yeah, I know some people are scared of 5G, and some people have effectively, legally blocked 5G from being switched on, I think, for another two weeks, you know? So there's always people who fear, who loathe, who are excited about, who are uh, concerned about, uh, who are anxious about technology and the advancement of technology um, no matter what time in history we go back and, and look at it. Y'all love the Haters Guys Initiative. Those are my biggest fans. My haters are my biggest fans. They keep my numbers high. They keep people looking at my show, listening to my podcast, watching my social media who otherwise would not. Um, they check in more than, than my friends and family. Uh, my haters are more consistent than my friends and family. Um, they keep you on your toes. Honey, if you say something out of the way, they're certainly going to call you on it. They're certainly going to check you on it, even if they did ask wrong. But they think they, you know, they're running through with a, white, with, a, with a filthy glove, not a white glove. They're running through with a filthy glove, think they're picking up debris. No, baby, you brought the debris with you. Oh, but but I love my haters. I do. I love the haters. Um, I think I agreed in, in 2021 that they would henceforth be known as fans. Uh, I understand fans from a very different perspective today. Uh, so haters are, are your fans. They're often your biggest fans. Um, and they often want to see, you know, despite what they say or how they think they feel, they often want to see the best for you. They think they want to see you fall. They think they want to see the worst for you. Uh, but if if you were to fall, what would they have to do? <laughs> what would they have to do? They would move on to the next, you know, target, whoever tar- trolls target. So they have to move on. You would, you would lose interest, you know, for them. So your haters are really wanting to see. They don't want to say it. They don't want to admit it, but they want to see the best, you know, for you, you know, and in you, you know, so that they can find, you know, 
more fodder to pick at. They don't want to see you hit the ground because then their job would be done. Yeah, psychic spying also has been, uh, and not just the 80s, um, some of the government documents here in the U.S. suggest uh, earlier than the 80s. Uh, remote viewing was going on, I believe, uh, in association with the U.S. government um, to predate the 80s. I'm sure I read a book, uh, Pyramid Power. I think Pyramid Power was written in the 1970s that talked about, mentioned uh, psychic and remote viewing by the U.S. government and the Russian government. Uh, I believe that predates the 80s. Uh, But you're so right, Craig Burns. Um, Goddess Initiative says, well, they say if you don't have HB, Haters, I guess that means. No haters. You ain't popping. So needless to say, uh, you're the ish. Okay, thank you. I'm going to accept that. Somebody said, uh, I think it was a celebrity. I can't remember which one, that hater, haters uh, were a random family. That haterism, I'm trying to find new language, that haterism uh, was hereditary and possibly family-based. You know, if you had a mama that talked smack about other people, you probably had children that talked smack about other people. You had a daddy that hated to see other people do well and advance, you know, and and voice that demonstrated that you probably have children that took on and carried on. So they say it's hereditary. Uh, And I believe that because neither of my parents ever showed any signs of envy or jealousy about what anybody else was was doing at any time. Uh, And particularly even before evangelical Christianity came into the picture, you know, when my family was in the world, as church folks say, and it was the 60s and the 70s, and we had house parties and went to house parties and I didn't see or hear or experience, not among my parents, uh, or my grandparents for that matter, um, any conversations about jealousy, envy, you know, oh, they got a new car, ooh, did you see their new house? Never. Um, I can remember them being self-motivated, especially my grandparents. They, they wanted their own car and their own house and their own new carpet and their own new furniture. My great-grandfather built my grandmother's house that my grandmother and then my mother grew up in. Um, So jealousy, if anything, the white people, because this was in the same time as the Tulsa uh, incident, um, as well as many other black enclaves, successful black enclaves in America, were burned, looted, lynched because of jealousy and envy. Uh, Black people didn't show jealousy or envy we got our own. We built our own. We produced our own. We wanted our own. And so that's the demonstration I saw from migrants. Now, listen, we got a whole lot of other problems, but jealousy and envy wasn't one of them. I didn't see it in either of my parents. Uh, and, and so with my parents then taking on evangelical Christianity, you know, they, they strive to, to meet a different rule. Uh, and it wasn't motivated by what other people had or did. Uh, And if you know the tragedies of my story, you know how true a reality, you know, that was. If anything, the religious community that I I grew up in strove to be 
you know, the epitome of the prosperity ministry, but, but they hid anything else. They buried anything else that didn't resonate or live up to that. Now, that community had haters and envy and, and, and jealousy within it, uh, but, but in terms of hereditary, no. It, I didn't see that in my family. Uh, greetings, Ogundele, Odubo. Um, I've never seen your avatar before or your name, so greetings and welcome to the community and, and to the conversation. I certainly appreciate people who come and participate. I love that. Uh, he says the metaverse has reset an opportunity for generational wealth, and I absolutely agree. And the pandemic was your sign. The pandemic was a sign. As many people move forward um, in many arenas of their life during the, sort of the reset that is the pandemic. Um, and so, yeah, I, I so agree 100%. It has reset an opportunity for generational wealth, for self-empowerment, for autonomy, for uh, entrepreneurship, for self-employment, absolutely. For responsibility for your own life and your own journey, absolutely. Absolutely. Yet God's initiative agrees that haterism is absolutely hereditary. Nina Lloyd still thinking about it, I think. <laughs> Pyramid Power, Craig Burns. Yeah, that was a great book. I think it was put, it was copyrighted in, in the late sixties or maybe in the in the mid seventies. Uh, it's about the Great Pyramid of Egypt and some other good stuff that I'm not going to spoil for you. Uh, Ogundele goes on to say the social structure of the home becomes a microcosm of the child's future. That has always been true, always been true, even in the village mindset, but even more so now in the metaverse, absolutely. Uh, because many of you understand your children are already being influenced and educated outside your house. Every day they go to school, every day you send them to school, you're sending them into Babylon. Listen, I know that's become the Western tradition, but every day, every day you send them in, into to, to school, you send them into Babylon. You know, all of the world does not do that. You know, the Islam. Now, I know we have our feelings about other cultures and traditions and religions. That's not what this is about. But all the Islamic nations don't do that. All the African regions don't do that. All the Asian regions don't do that. They are not codependent on the government or the system educating them or their children. Now, that does not mean that widespread poverty and, and ignorance and, and, and illiteracy does not exist in certain places because of white supremacy, oppression, capitalism, other human-made conditions. But the social structure of the home being the microcosm of the children's future has always been the truth since day one. But it will be more of the truth in a in a uh, meta universe where now you don't have to not only worry about you know are your children on the porn sites is your children listening to you know vulgar and profane language and, and lyric content in, in 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 music you know what your children are watching you know in, in the movies but now it's everywhere I saw a video on TikTok yesterday of some prototype metaverse glasses 
uh, someone is sort of walking through, I believe it's New York City or Tokyo, I can't remember which. And now you're seeing billboards and moving three and fourth dimensional objects and animations that you can't see if you don't have the glasses on. Advertisement, things that you can buy, including food and clothing through the metaverse, through this virtual eyeglass thing, whether you're walking through the city or just sitting down on the park bench. And so, yeah, your home life now will become now, I know this is scary because I'm opening the book now. I'm opening the discussion now to is your TV watching you or is you, are you watching it? Is your computer watching you or are you watching it? Is your satellite watching you or are you watching it? That, that's a conversation that began to come up, what, in the 90s, in the, in the 2000s as a conspiracy theory that's becoming more real than ever before, you know, <laughs> And remember when we put a blanket over our webcam because webcams were so new and we just didn't know if, it, you know, some of y'all still do that. Some of y'all got a, a, a sticker over your webcam when you ain't using it. My webcam on my desktop slides up and down. I usually keep it closed. And my mobile webcam, I move it all around and, and face the corner if, I, if I'm not sure, you know, that we're already there. And so Ogundele's comment really is, is poignant, but really opens up an even greater expansion of awareness if you get it. So your very space is now part of the metaverse by way of your own webcam, by way of your own digital devices, by way of your own iPhone, you know, by way of your own gaming system, you know, and your ability to know how to use screens and green screens and filters and and black tape. <laughs> oh, the goddess initiative. Many people get rich during the pandemic while others only spoke of fear. Yes, ma'am. Some people grew during the pandemic while others shrunk back and, and believed that that was normal. Or to be expected, or accepted that it was normal, or to be expected. Some of you learned that you didn't have to physically go to your job to do your job. And that the lie you've been told for the last 10 years that you could do your job from home was just that, a lie. And somehow your employer got it together real quick, and, and now you work from home consistently <laughs> with the new technology. Yeah, uh-huh. And many will get rich. Ogundele didn't have to say it. Many will get rich off the metaverse before many of you take it seriously or believe it's a real thing or understand that we're already in it. That we're already in it. Yeah, the TV's been watching us since forever. I think the radio listened to us since forever. We know the government certainly had that information. Thank you, Mrs. Jones, and greetings, beloved. Loving that avatar. That's just hot. Love that avatar. George Orwell, 1984. Yes, ma'am. I'm learning to love and respect y'all's avatars and y'all's nondescript uh, faces and y'all's celebrity images. I'm learning to love it. I'm learning to love it. 
I am. If, 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 the, if the metaverse, I'm learning to love it. Because we'll have three-dimensional and fourth-dimensional costumes that, you know, unless you're doing this, you, you're never really going to know. And even this, I could be an avatar for all you know. This, this could be a computer rendition of me for all you know. But because of where we are in technology right now, you all know that th- that would be hard to fake. But that might not be so hard to fake tomorrow or the next day. I've seen some videos, some of you have too, of newscasters that were faked using animation. They're, they're getting pretty good at it. They're getting pretty good at it. So we, we come up with new ways to validate who we are and new ways to validate our identity. And, and that's going to be important because as we listen to these diverse voices, who are consciously directing and targeting their conversation to adults and to the community, the, the diverse community. Uh, it's going to be important to understand where those messages and voices are coming from, who these people are, and who were they two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years. That's something they started looking at with in terms of terrorism. And, and trying to predetermine who a terrorist is. Who were they a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Because you don't just jump up and become anything overnight, nothing or nobody overnight or instantaneously. And there's some footprint leading to. Yeah, all this equipment is, is reversible if you understand the technology, how to use the technology, and how to access the technology when that's available. Um, TikTok, I keep saying TikTok. TikTok is the newest thing. If you ain't on TikTok, you you have no idea what I'm talking about. It's nothing like Instagram. It's nothing like Facebook. And I'm certainly being exposed to stuff on TikTok I otherwise would not be. Uh, So I saw a video on TikTok about how to commandeer uh, air conditioning in a hotel, particularly the newer models that are, you know, can be locked and then controlled from the front desk only, you know, how to, how to get into the coding. Because, again, if it's a computer, it has a code. And if you understand coding, then you pretty much know how to get into or how to manipulate much of this technology that is indeed available to us. <clears throat> yes. Many of us do, and, and it's a blessing, a, a curse for some and a blessing for others, and, and a curse and a blessing for all of us, depending on your position in it, of being able to work at home. It, it's the new job. It's the new reality. Your work at home is the workplace. So if, if you spiritually and emotionally have the disposition that I hate my job and I hate my workplace, you can't take that home. You can't make that home. You can't now associate that with any and every job because now you get the work at home job. Now you have to figure out how to create a work environment that you love and that you enjoy and that you feel comfortable in. I feel comfortable in my work environment. This is my own life. This is my work enjoy your home workspace any more than you are your 
15-minute commute workspace. So it really changes our mentality. It really changes how we think about ourselves and then our environment and our relationship to our environment, whether it's the green environment or it's your work environment or your home environment or your social and peer group environment. And, and we're seeing demonstration of this through the technology. So your Atlanta housewives, it's not just about drama and hair pulling and rich black women and men and, and third and fifth gender individuals, but it's also about how they operate in their home environments, their work environments, their peer environments, their social environments. And they don't have the luxury of that being, you know, so private because they're now contracted to reality TV. Same thing with the news, same thing with your documentary, same thing with your soap operas. You say, well, that's totally scripted. Yes, soap operas are totally scripted. And so are those advertisements that run every 11 minutes, totally scripted. Those storylines are totally scripted to push and intrigue and invoke certain responses in you whether it's for entertainment or emotional value, and certainly entertainment and emotional value translates into how many times do you get up and go to the kitchen, translates into how many times do you stop and investigate that piece of jewelry that the actress is wearing so that you can buy it on Poshmark or something or the other. We are in the metaverse, beloved. We are the metaverse, my children. And so we've got to, we've got to value our posts, our commentary, our comments, our likes, our shares, our memes from a very, very different perspective. And, and let me tell you, if my 79-year-old mother can do it, her birthday was December 29th, certainly you can. And, and her peer group, by the way, her old lady gang, by the way. Very savvy group of women, very internet, social media savvy. The dark side of it and and the light side of it. They're not getting scammed. They're not getting caught up in no nonsense. They're not getting a a stream full of mess because they understand how to affect their stream and and the algorithms. You know, you're, you're seeing what you see on TikTok because you asked for it. Even if you don't realize that yet, you're seeing what you see on TikTok because you asked for it. <laughs> Greetings, Electrovise. Greetings. All is a blessing. There is no late in this room. Our eyes are, will believe anything instinctively. Yes. Yes. And seeing is often believing. But we know that seeing also requires, you know, interpreting what we see. And our brains, as computer-like as they are, um, you know, has to figure out, you know, how real is this image I see of Prince right now, you know, in, in a matter of seconds. You know, are things moving around? You know, is he breaking up? Uh, is he mobile, you know, in the stream? Can he get up and, and sit back down, you know, without things looking, you know, artificial? Our brain has to ask. Thousands of questions, if not hundreds of thousands of questions uh, in a matter of seconds um, per minute 
to determine realness for us. And, and in this thumb-oriented, you know, swipe left, swipe right, swipe up, swipe up, you know, you get into a rhythm, which is by design, by the way. You get into a rhythm and you get into a pace. And some of you are too quick to swipe, too, too quick to stop. Don't investigate the details enough. I've tested you. I've tested you. My sister wife, Tony Val Martinez, has tested you in Facebook. I've tested you in social media. And people don't see the error, don't see the mistake, don't see the, the pot of gold in, in, in the middle of the shot. Don't see the, you know, free for a limited time only, you know, in the middle of, you know, all the activity. And advertisers, certain advertisers for sure, count on that. Maybe your independent advertisers, your self-employed individuals, they're not thinking about all of that, can't afford all of that. You know, they're just trying to offer you their beads, their candles, their jewelry, their readings, their services. They, they ain't got a whole lot of time. But you certainly do have many that do have that time. Those who are creating fake profiles of my name misspelled in my images, they have the time to think about how little you all process how it's spelled, how little you pay attention to, well, do the URL look right? How complicated and, and hard and confusing it is for you to justify in your mind. But Divine Prince have a second Instagram page with the exact same pictures with only 15 followers on it? Come on now, that don't even make no sense. But they're counting on you not to have common sense. They're counting on you not to think about it. Your politicians are counting on you. Your ministers are counting on you not to read your Bible. They're counting on you not to read outside your Bible. They're counting on you not to own a thesaurus, not to own a dictionary, not, not to care about the difference between Greek and Amharic and, and Rome, Roman influence and English. They're counting on you not to care the difference between a King James and, and a new edition and a revised version. They're counting on you not to care. They're counting on you not to investigate. They're counting on you not to do no research. They're counting on you not to pay attention. They're counting on it. And so our job, our obligation, our responsibility, some of y'all said, oh, it's just so tiring to be a God. That's why you settle into your animal nature. That's why you settle into your humanness. You think it's easier to be an animal than it is to be a God. Oh, they don't think we, we control them, we direct them. They live in the world that we allow them to live in. That, that's how Westerners think about nature. That's how Westerners think about animals. That's how Westerners think about pets. No apologies to all you pet owners out there. You have humanized these animals in a very artificial and unnatural way. And it's because we as humans have lost touch with nature, totally out of touch with nature. But we will settle into our animalistic natures and behaviors because we find being a god so tiring. We find being a goddess complex and exhausting. So yes, we have an obligation and a responsibility to investigate, to research, to study, to know. And people competing for the time that we have to do that, 
That's their job is to compete with the time that you have to do that. That's their job. It's to keep you off scale, off balance, off kilter, you know, you know, off center, so that you make random, spontaneous, little thought out, you know, commentary and decisions in your demonstration. You're right. There are people that are seeking to control us. There are, there are people seeking to control nature. So certainly they're seeking to control us. Certainly you conspiracy, conspiracy theorists have a valid point. But so do the God conscious thinkers have a valid point that I am, because my, I breathe when I say that, I am because my creators are. I am because my creators are. I am because my creators are. I am because the ancestors made a way for me to be. I am because the ancestors made a way for me to be and to be present in here, in this most present moment in time space so that I can do and demonstrate, so that I can be and become. I am. I am. So you cannot think into victim two. You cannot think into we can't and we shouldn't and there's no way and there's no how. You you then short circuit your chakras from the fourth chakra up beyond the seventh, I mean up to the cosmos. You lock yourself into carnality. You lock yourself into your animal nature. You lock yourself into your material nature, which all dies which are recycled. The physical world will die, will recycle, and will repeat. And so to limit, to cut off, to shut off your God self through the through depressive activities, through allowing victimization, through allowing dehumanization, through allowing outside forces to convince you to do so, because you have to be convinced to shut off, to power down your higher octaves. You have to be convinced. You have to be convinced. Children operate in their God selves and their God consciousness until they don't know any better, until they're programmed not to, until they're forced through change and programmed to pay attention to something outside themselves as more important. And and we have reasons for that. It's important to pay attention to the sound of mom's voice to avert danger. But at the same time, some of you teach your children not to pay attention to their own intuition. You teach your children not to pay attention to their own common sense and then expect them at 15 to have common sense. You don't teach your children how to think, only to listen and obey. And then when you need them to think, at 13, 14, 15, they don't know how to because you haven't taught or allowed space for. You teach your children to only listen to adults and then don't understand why they allowed an adult to abuse them. You don't teach your children to discern adults and when it is most appropriate to listen and to follow so that they can be conscious thinking gods and goddesses. 
at 12, 13, 14, 15, and, and above. Some of us are leaving children to watch children at 9, 10, 11, 12. Therefore, the 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds should be able to think and have some degree of common sense and make some qualified decisions. But every time a child opens their mouth, it's the backhand, it's the slap, it's the, it's the cuss word, it's the negative commentary. You teach a child like I, I was taught not to speak, not to think. One of my father's favorite lines was, I don't pay you to think. And so you learn not to think. I didn't ask you for your, for your common sense. My dad would say that. Some of your dads would say that. So you, so you stop thinking. You only think to do what the oppressor anticipates and expects. Let me say that again. You only think to do and fulfill what the anticipator says and expects. And many of the masses politically, religiously, consciously have chosen to live in that reality. Consciously chosen. You know it don't feel good. You know you don't like it. You know it's not working for you or your kids or your grandbabies. But you do it. You fulfill it. You continue it because you were taught to because you were programmed to. Let your wise granny always said energy passes through TV screens. I think a lot of elders understood and believed that in some way. Greetings, greetings, and salutations. I'm behind in my chat, so I'm anticipating my mom was in the room, maybe. For some reason, I don't see her. Uh, I don't know what VR means, um, Craig Burns. Yeah, um, some of y'all throwing out letters at me today, and I'm not getting it. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I was taught fear. I was taught anxiety. I was taught to anticipate aggression from adults. And to accept it, I was taught to anticipate abuse from adults, and I accepted it in the beginning. Uh, I was taught to accept uh, no change, no alternatives, no uh, other way of doing things, and I believed it. Now, I was a precocious child. Many of you know that. A free-thinking child doesn't leave home at 14 without a plan, without a clue. Though I had what I thought was a plan or a clue, um, without some vision of hope, some vision beyond what I was being told. I knew enough, thank God for my mother, and, and her taking us to mothers, fathers. Listen to me. Thank God for my mother taking me to the library every Saturday and demanding that we check out books every week. Thank God my mother took us to museums, took us to the opera, took us to the theater. Because uh, even if you ain't got money to travel, you ain't got money to fly, you ain't got a passport, you can go to museums, you can go to theaters, you, you can go to cultural events and, and, get, and give your children a universal sense of awareness. 
And so I knew that there was more than what I was experiencing, what I was seeing, what I was feeling. Uh, you, your children don't have to be codependent on, on seeing the world through the TV. Uh, now, we do see the, a little bit more of the world now through the smart TV and through the Internet, for sure, the, provided you, you, know, you know what you're watching and, and, and what you're programming into your device. Uh, well, you can see the world on YouTube. You can see the world now uh, in social media in a positive and helpful way. You, you just have to be in control of it, much like you, you would have before these technologies uh, were even present. Uh, but to all the parents listening, uh, that exposure was invaluable to who I am today. Because provided all I had was what went on in my household from kindergarten until 14, I would be a statistic today. I'd be a crackhead or I'd be in prison today, you know, probably for murder. Um, I'd be a statistic today. You know, if not dead today, if it were not for that education and exposure provided by both my mother and my father, um, to my father's credit, um, we had to take a vacation every year. It was mandatory. And we drove. We had to drive to another state every year, every year. So any drivable landmass. <laughs> In North America, I've been there, done that, had to. You know, I've seen many of the national parks in America, many national monuments in America, many small towns in Mississippi that would blow your mind. You know, people have turned their whole house and, and yard into an attraction, only to be seen somewhere in, in, in the dirt road of Mississippi. Uh, you, you know, so all of that was invaluable to the creation of who I am today. Uh, many people believe me to be mastered and Ph.D. degreed, which I'm not, um, because of how articulate I am, because of how I put words together, because of my uh, intellect, because of my awareness. And so some of it is hereditary, uh, but a great deal of it is the demand that my grandmother demanded that we be independent and, and entrepreneurs. And two, my mother demanded that we be educated, self-educated, uh, and, and world aware. And so exposing your children to more cultures, more religions, more languages, more art forms uh, than you can envision for yourself is a way, one of the greater ways, major ways to do that and ensure that your children are uh, literate and culturally aware and and politically aware and even religiously aware. You cannot be religiously aware in a closed environment only to your community, only to your religion, uh, with the doors closed, with the books closed, with the Internet turned off. Your children will not be good for the world or, or for themselves in many ways. And we've seen that play out unfortunately, uh, over and over again in our culture. Doesn't matter the religion, doesn't matter the race. We've seen that played out many times over uh, in our society. Oh, wow, I've done quite a bit of talking today. Um, listen, the phone lines are always open at 845-277-9143. Do press the number one. 
on your telephone keypad if you wish to have your microphone unmuted and to be brought into the conversation. Uh, uh, maybe so, Gene, uh, but the blessing is you can always go back and catch it in archive. Just mark the time so that you don't have to watch the entire archive, and then you can go back and catch it. Uh, yeah, a lot of mothers are still clueless that they do it. A lot of millennials are clueless that you are now living out your mother and your grandmother and your grandfather's and your great-grandfather's way of doing things, even if it no longer works for you, even if it's not going to work for your children, but you have no clue that you are, no clue. Um, and I'm not going to necessarily call it denial. Uh, you know, some, sometimes, you know, we, we do things. Oh, okay, let me use a great example. How many of you... Forgive me, Lock Talk Radio. I got up to get a demonstration so I realized Lock Talk Radio can't see. But everyone else can see. I'm going to use this as an example. How do you open this? How did your mama teach you how to open this? How did your grandmama teach you how to open this? And how old were you when you found out that primates and mammals in nature don't open this the way most humans open this? The easiest way to open this is like this. That's how animals, chimpanzees, monkeys, apes, orangutans, other mammals in nature open it. That's the hardest way to open a banana. That's the hardest way. And often, if, if it ain't ripe and right, yeah, that's the hardest way to open a banana. Nature opens a banana from this end. Monkeys open a banana from this end. This end. So how old were you when? How old today, <laughs> January 10th, were you when? You found that out when you knew that, when someone told you that. So you can't judge yourself on your tradition. You can't judge yourself on doing what's been told to you, what has been demonstrated before you, the way people have always done something. You can't judge yourself for it. You know, you can't beat yourself up for it. But you can be open to learning something new, hearing something new, being exposed to something new, trying it out, and then realizing just maybe this might have been a better way to do something. And then I wish somebody would have told me that in elementary school. (laughs) You know, I would have made less of a mess, (laughs) you know. So life is that way. Spirit is that way. The infinite one lives that she just found out last year. And I know her in real life. I'm not going to tell her age, but I know how old she is. Okay. <laughs> she a grown person just like me. Okay. She a grown person just like me. Okay. Jean Williams just found out just now. <laughs> 36. Just, just try it if you don't believe me. 
especially if you have little kids. Try it if you don't believe me. It'll make your life so much easier. It's the easiest thing, honey. It's just a, just a little pinch, honey, and it, it comes, it slides right off, honey. If it's ripe, it slides right off with no problem. But we've been doing it backwards the whole time. We've been doing it the Western way the whole time. We've been doing it the industrialized way the whole time. And sometimes the indigenous way, the aboriginal way, the country way, the southern way just might have been a better option in some things. Not in all things for sure, but in some things. And so we've got to be willing to hear from the elders just, just as easily and as readily as we should be hearing from the young people. Our closest connection to the ancestors is through babies and children and through old folks and, and those who are in the process of transitioning. Those are our closest connection to the ancestral realm. I'm listening intently to children. Intently. Never particularly been a children-oriented person. Don't have any children of my own, but children love me. They, they have no idea that I'm not particularly a child person. Children love me. Total strange kids stop and stand out in front of my house waiting on me to open the door. So uh, kids love me, and I listen to children. I listen to young people. I listen to 18-year-olds and, and 20-year-olds more than they listen to me. And I also listen to elders older than my mother, older than my aunties and my great aunties and my cousins and some of my best friends. Some of my best friends are 65 and older. So a God is open to awareness, to knowledge, to information, and, and how that then affects how we act, what we do, what we say. And we all have an obligation, whether you have the technology or not. But, but I can assume you have the technology because you're listening to me right now. We all have an obligation to what we post, what we say, how we communicate with each other and our loved ones and our children and our spouses and our husbands and wives. And certainly what we demonstrate here in this space, we have an obligation. No matter what you're talking about, have fun. Be as carnal as you want to, but be true to it. Be true to it. Be truthful. Be organic. Understand that that footprint is forever. Understand no matter what you're discussing, someone's learning something from it. In some cases, someone might be harmed or offended by it. Let's let's rein it in for 2022. And let's get a little bit more control of ourselves in our community as a movement, as a movement. And indeed, the ATR community, traditional African-based religious systems, whether you be an Ile or, 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 or a voodoo house or, or, or a black spiritualist church, we have a responsibility to move forward today with a blueprint that does not uh, mirror the past. Uh, shadows some of the best things about our past, but prepares us and, and moves us forward into the future that we live and operate in now and the future that we will live 
and most certainly live to operate in tomorrow. This space, this moment will live on. We know this for at least another few hundred years, if not longer, depending on where, you know, Jeff Bezos and Microsoft and and StreamYard and Google and YouTube is storing this stuff. We know this will live on at least another few hundred years, if not thousands of years or more. This moment in time space, this conversation, this demonstration, this chat, this footprint. And so let's be true. Let's be authentic. Let's be real. Let's stop procrastinating. Let's stop putting off for 2023, which you should have done in 2021. Let's get this ancestor work and divination done. Let's move forward in this or rework. Let's, let's get these lave texts done. Let's move forward with this. I'm going to initiate and I'm going to take my ATR more seriously. Let's feed these elays and these spiritual houses and these authentic, true spiritual centers in our community that are doing the work, not of the work of the past, but the work of, of the present and the work of the future. Let, let's feed them so that the metaverse mirrors our best interest. <laughs> so that the universe continues to mirror our best interest. So that the internet continues to mirror our best interests. I will continue to upgrade. I will continue to go with the flow. I will continue to play the hand that I'm dealt. I will continue to be an evolutionary, revolutionary spirit in, in my present moment in time space, as long as I'm allowed to operate my present moment in time space. But I offer you to do the same. Please do visit me at www. Houseofthedivineprince.com. I do have a contact form there that goes directly to email. You can also email me at divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Again, colon, divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com. I am available virtually 24 hours a day, seven days a week both in the real world and in the metaverse. Many of you are, are familiar with my Google space, my Google business page. I'm certainly grateful for you and, and yours and your comments and reviews and your continued support. We are moving forward with our coming television broadcast. Um, so my timing and my schedule is limited. But I have not changed anything. I still respond to all requests and appointment requests uh, within a 24 to 48-hour time span, usually eight hours contingent on availability, and I respond by email only. I look forward to sharing this space with you again at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time on Multiple platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, EarthCam, my website, all my social media platforms, uh, StreamYard, and certainly on um, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen, divine hyphen prince. Until next time, offering you peace and love, joy and prosperity, and remembering that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veil. Asheo and 
Ashe. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Stay busy. Stay positive. Chant those mantras. Chant those affirmations. Do the Congo work. Square. It guarantees things. It guarantees the almost Indians. The almost Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. I don't know the yet about Indians prepared this place for us. I can't say. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the almost Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart beat, 
heart beat heart be at this place at this place be heart beat be we beating place in new world space beating being in place in new world preserving our ancient pace our dance is the god walk our music the god talk first thing we do let's get together circle ourselves into community no beginning no end connected together and singing ringing singing in a ring second let's be original aboriginal be what we were before we became what we are be bambula dance be banza music and sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter... No matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day, a feel, a feel without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat 
Remember, remember, 